0: Hello and welcome in Monday edition of the program glad to be back with you after a great sports weekend college football is rolling high school football headed to the midseason week five coming up. And, of course, Indiana football, I say they escaped with a win. I'm not sure that I ever thought Indiana was going to lose that game, but there were some concerning moments uh, early uh, in the contest, early in the first half. But Indiana got it rolling, uh, able to get the victory. That's what you've got to do against Idaho. The only thing you would have liked to have seen different is that Indiana played solid like they did in the second half. I don't think they played great in the second half. I think they played solid in the second half, and that was enough to come back, to go on to win the ball, game had they played like that from start to finish. I think Indiana probably covers the spread and wins big, and uh, we have no concerns heading into the Western Kentucky game coming up next weekend. However, with the way Indiana won that game and how close it was early on especially, uh, I think you've got to wonder what will this weekend look like against Western Kentucky. Definitely a better team than Idaho. Definitely not a Big Ten-level team, but uh, still will be a challenge for Indiana, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how this team uh, answers back after their uh, lackluster performance in the first half of play. Definitely some concerning moments there. You'd like to see Indiana just blow that one wide open, uh, right out of the gate. Uh, That just didn't happen. So uh, I think definitely some reasons to be concerned. I think we knew that this was possible uh, with this IU football team. At least I had the feeling that it was going into the season. And uh, now we'll see how things move forward here excuse me, in the next coming weeks for this team. But a big one coming up for Indiana. These games like Idaho and Western Kentucky, they have got to win them if they want any chance at a bowl game. Any game Indiana has any chance is a 50-50 game or anything that leans Indiana's way. There's just no room, no way to not win if the indiana team's going to be bowl eligible this season the way the schedule's set up how good the big 10 east is uh, indiana has to win these games so again big one coming up for indiana i know we say that every week but i think this western kentucky game definitely uh definitely a uh, uh an interesting setup for indiana coming off of idaho it'll be a good game to see how they can respond because after that it's cincinnati and the big 10 So, uh, you know, lots of big ones ahead for Indiana football and a big game coming up with Western Kentucky uh, on Saturday. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some news and notes and headlines, more good news if you're an IU fan looking for some good news today on the basketball team. We'll tell you about that coming up here in just a bit. Also, we'll recap high school football. I think Charlestown is the real deal. I think Charlestown, we can now say, should finish the season, the regular season, undefeated. Uh, They've got a great chance to win a sectional. I think they're setting themselves up nicely to have some postseason success, and so we'll talk about that coming up here in just a bit and recap uh, all the happenings from week four of high school football. Also, you got to excuse me, today I'm a little choked up as we uh, transition to a little more fall-like weather. But also coming up uh, later in the show, uh, we'll be joined by Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. With Zach, we'll recap some of the things that went wrong for Indiana in the first half and maybe some of the things that I won't say went right but went better for the Hoosiers against Idaho. We'll also talk about Dasan McCullough, a freshman. Uh, he has the appearance and he's had the early freshman game that I think he's going to be a huge, huge player for Indiana uh, and this program. If he sticks around, we'll talk about him and we'll get into Western Kentucky, uh, the, who they are as an opponent, and how big that game is uh, for Indiana to bounce back after a lackluster first half performance against Idaho. Also, today, Chad Gilbert, he's the athletic director at Charlestown. So you know he's excited about the Pirates after their big win over North Harrison Friday night. But we'll talk about a number of local happenings with Chad when he's with us, a little bit about football as we go around to some of the big games from Friday night. And we'll squeeze in a little basketball with Chad a little bit later in the hour today as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go. And curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, Check them out for their dinner package deals, uh, still there, and curbside service also available as well. Thornton's text line is open. If you've got a question on IU football, maybe you want to sound off about the Hoosiers and their bad performance early on against Idaho, you can send a message to 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. It's how you can communicate with me during the show. Uh, Love to hear from you. Other things as well, IU basketball, local sports, high school football, uh, whatever it is, as long as it's reasonable, we'll work it into the show today. Uh, Keep that number in your phone, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started. Like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And let's get into some headlines from today, starting with the football game. How about it? A 10 0 uh, lead for Idaho at halftime, a very sluggish performance in the first half by Indiana. Indiana would rally and go on to win 35 22. Uh, So, will this be a game that we look back upon a few weeks from now, a month from now, and say Indiana figured some stuff out, it propelled them to another level, or will we look back at the Idaho game and say, "Ah, that was the beginning of some real concerns about this team, and as they met tougher opponents like Cincinnati and Big Ten foes, uh, you should have seen all this coming from their performance against Idaho. Going to be interesting to see which route it takes from here, and uh, again, with Western Kentucky next, and then Cincinnati, and then Big Ten the rest of the way, it sets up to be a very interesting schedule and tough schedule for Indiana the rest of the way. But I tell you, for Indiana, I thought some of it's obvious, but the rain did let up in the second half in Bloomington. And that seemed, and Connor Bazelak and some of his postgame comments led on to this. That seemed to uh, very much help him and his ability to be more accurate. Uh, He seemed to get in a rhythm in the second half. And I tell you, for for Basilak, there's plenty to say about him, both good and bad, so far as the IU starter. One thing I'll say is he's been able to close games well. Of course, we all know how he closed out against Illinois, the great run The drive to basically win the ball game but uh, he closed out nicely for the most part against Idaho as well and so maybe he's going to have the reputation as a solid closer uh, for Indiana but he was better in the second half that was a big key to IU's comeback and IU's win and generally it you know it was just like IU's offensive players the guys that make the plays Uh, came alive as well in the second half. It looked like two completely different offensive sides for Indiana from half number one until half number two on Saturday night against Idaho. And the defense for Indiana, there were some rough moments, I thought, early on. uh, But defense generally was solid. Uh, There's always things you can nitpick there. Uh, but I do think that this Indiana team uh, if they're going to be known as anything will be known as a defensive team possibly I think they've got the ability to have that identity uh, that was one of the strong points in the uh, in the game against Idaho and once you get past some early concerns I thought it was so. Uh, just some thoughts on the game uh, obviously it was much more closer than what you would expect uh, I don't know that I ever thought Indiana would, would trail the ball game maybe an early score or early field goal you would expect indiana to be down early but not to be down 10 nothing at halftime to idaho so again I, I take away i'm a negative person for the most part i take away lots of concerns about that performance and how that will play out against even western kentucky next week uh, but i think you got to take it week by week and i think western kentucky the perfect challenge to kind of stair step up Uh, Back in competition as uh, IU eventually here in a few weeks from now will find themselves uh, in Big Ten competition the rest of the way. So definitely some shaky moments for Indiana on Saturday night, but ultimately they were able to recover. They were able to get the win. It wasn't necessarily a nail-biter at the end. Indiana went on to win by 13 points in that game. So they not only came back, but they put some space between them and Idaho in the second half, which is always good. So another win for Indiana. Um, Excitement about this program. I think the Western Kentucky game, in my opinion, will uh, tell a lot about this team. I think the Cincinnati game, also an opportunity for revenge a couple weeks from now, will tell a lot about this team And I think as we get ready to go back into Big Ten play here three weeks or so from now, uh, we'll know when we get to that point what Indiana is capable of doing and what it could look like the rest of the way. And we also learn a little bit more about the Big Ten each week, right? Uh, some interesting scores and results from the conference this weekend. There's no question about that. Good news for IU basketball. That is where all the positivity is at. Uh, Indiana by Blue Ribbon Basketball, the yearbook, the same people that picked Indiana number 12 in the country in their preseason top 25. Uh, no surprise there, but they have picked Indiana to win the Big Ten Conference uh, in the 2022-2023 season. They tab Trace Jackson Davis as a preseason All-American. No surprise on either one of those projections from the uh, annual college basketball yearbook. They've got Indiana and then Michigan, uh, Illinois third, Michigan State fourth, Purdue fifth, Ohio State sixth. That's the top six and how they project the order of finish in the Big Ten Conference this year. Uh, Dawson Garcia, the blue ribbon pick for Big Ten Newcomer of the Year. He's definitely going to be interesting to watch for the Gophers this year. They're all-conference team uh, projections. Jackson Davis, of course, Hunter Dickinson from Michigan, Zach Eady from Purdue, Chris Murray, no surprise there, from Iowa, and Clifford Amoru, and I never can say his name right, of Rutgers. He's going to be their standout This year, they listed the top three Big Ten backcourts. Indiana, not in that. They've got Michigan State, Illinois, and Ohio State. I agree with that. Uh, In their top three frontcourts, do you think Indiana's in that? Absolutely. Indiana, one. Purdue, two. And Michigan, three, as far as who is projected to have the best frontcourts in the Big Ten Conference. So, Again, Jackson Davis, an overall All-American uh, in college basketball this uh, this year. Shebe from Kentucky, Drew Timmy from Gonzaga, uh, Armando Baycott from North Carolina, and Marcus Sasser from Houston round out the first team of selection. So Blue Ribbon and Lindy's, they are out. There will be additional uh, preseason publications out here as well in future weeks. And I think you can expect more of the same. Good news for Indiana. Uh, pick to win the Big Ten Conference. I think Indiana will be anywhere from a top 15 team uh, all the way to some people will have them in the top 10, I think, in their preseason uh, projections as we get to that point. But definitely Indiana setting up for a lot of excitement with the basketball season and uh, more good news when the Blue Ribbon publication was officially released here. Uh, Over the uh, over the weekend. Also, high school football over the weekend. I want to give a little run through of some of the results and my thoughts. Charlestown, uh, they were winners as they hosted North Harrison. Great environment for that game. Uh, Charlestown didn't just win over previously undefeated North Harrison. They won easily. Thirty nine, 13, allowing just two scores by the Hoosier or by the Cougars, I should say. Uh, so, Charlestown 4-0. They've got Providence next. Scottsburg, Cordon, Salem, and Pekin to finish their schedule. It's hard to believe we're going in to week five of the season. Providence uh, maybe could be competitive with Charlestown, but I don't see any way Charlestown, unless something crazy happens, uh, does not finish the season undefeated and go into sectional 32 in Class 3A with an undefeated record. And if you look at that sectional uh, across the board, uh, maybe Southridge is a team to watch in that sectional. Uh, North Harrison uh, now in that sectional, obviously, as well. A, a team to keep an eye on, but uh, Charlestown made easy work of them in the regular season game on Friday. Clarksville, uh, over the weekend, they fell to Providence in the town championship game. The Generals now 1-3 and on the season. Providence, with their uh, starting quarterback out, gets the win. They are now 3-0 and uh, on the season. Huge start for Daniel McDonald and his Providence team next they have Charlestown so a real challenge game coming up for the Providence I'm sure coach McDonald billing it as a real opportunity for his team Floyd Central over the weekend uh they are fell to Seymour in a very close game maybe the best game of the night 22-15 the final score in that contest the Highlanders 1-3 on the season Jeffersonville, uh, another tough game. They hosted Mount Vernon of Posey County. And lost 48 nothing in that contest. The Red Devils a little beat up after some injuries from the Week 3 game against Bedford. Uh, and quarterback out, some other key players are injured, and it was just a tough night all the way around for the Red Devils. Jeff and Floyd Central will hook up next week uh, in Floyd's Knob, so a big rivalry game. But uh, with Jeff missing players and how things have went so far, how good of a rivalry game will that be? That's definitely one to pay attention to, but uh, – Floyd Central, I think the favorite by far going into that contest. New Albany one and three on the year. They suffered a tough loss at home to Bedford-North Lawrence 45-21. Keep in mind, Jeff was ahead of Bedford in a low-scoring affair. After some injuries, Bedford came roaring back, able to nip Jeff the week before. So if you're trying to compare the local teams and look at scores, this one is tough to read because New Albany didn't just lose to Bedford. They got defeated 41 uh, 45-21 to in that contest. So New Albany falls on the season. And Silver Creek picked up another victory as they Played at Eastern Peak in 55 46, a high scoring game. A lot of excitement in that one. The Dragons now even out the record at two wins and two losses on the season, and they will play at Scottsburg coming up in week five. Don't forget Silver Creek and Jeff. I like that as well in week six of the season. Still ahead on both teams' schedules. That's a look at football from week four of the regular seasons and our headlines as we enter the middle of february we'll head to a commercial break and come back with zach osterman of the indianapolis star we'll recap iu football we'll talk about what went right what went wrong and we'll also take a look at some other things with specific players i know i want to talk about with zach when he joins us a little bit later as well chad gilbert still ahead also stay with us this is the hoosier report with matt dennison Denison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here this Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is my guest. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Obviously, We're going to talk IU football to start the segment. And, Zach, uh, I think uh, maybe the best word to use for IU was it was an escape on Saturday as they rallied from a 10-0 deficit to FCS Idaho uh, in week two of college football for the Hoosiers. Indiana, I think, very fortunate to come away with that game and a better improved second-half performance.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I would call it an escape in the sense that I don't think Indiana was ever in any real danger of losing the game. Um, It certainly wasn't, you know, if you were hoping that Idaho was going to sort of be this, this coronation of a team that, you know, kind of came out of week one triumphant against Illinois, and you were going to see all the problems fixed and all the, boxes ticked, you know, maybe a little bit, frankly, the way Idaho was for Indiana last year, which, of course, turned out to be a bit of a false, excuse me, I'm not sure what's going on there, Um, a a bit of a a false kind of dawn or whatever metaphor you want to use. Obviously, you didn't get that if you were an IU fan, but I think what you, in the same breath, you know, when when Indiana – realized it was time to turn it on. They turned it on. They had five straight touchdown drives. Um, they, they, you know, they outscored Idaho 23 to nothing in the third quarter. Connor Baselack went from six and 17 in the first half to 10 of 12 in the third quarter. Um, obviously you had a good day for Sean Shivers. You had some, some, some guys kind of step up on the defensive side of the ball. It wasn't a very good game. And Tom Allen didn't miss words. He said afterward that, that, um, that that was not the standard that Indiana expects. That's not the standard. And, and that, and that he, you know, I mean, he made it pretty clear that he he'd kind of gotten on his team both at halftime when, obviously, they kind of needed it, but also um, after the game in terms of saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do the things we do to celebrate a win," but we're also gonna recognize here and now that that's not how we need to play. That's not good enough for us. But again, having said that, you know, I, I don't know how much real danger they were ever end up losing that game, um, and you would, you know, at very least you have to give them credit for some of the stuff they fixed in real time, and, and it is very much one of those kind of context games um, where if we can draw some true lines back to it once Indiana has some success later in the season, then we'll say, oh, that was a good day for them if we get four or five weeks down the road and we can look back at Idaho and say, no, those were, you know, the stuff that got them in trouble against Idaho was even bigger problem when they played FBS teams, Big Ten teams, etc. Then And Idaho will have kind of been the canary in the coal mine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. What changed for Indiana as the game wore on? A couple things I thought was Indiana's offensive guys seemed to come alive in the second half. Uh, the rain led up as well in the second half, and it seemed like Connor Bazalack maybe had a bit more uh, rhythm and success then. Uh, were those big keys, and what all changed for Indiana as they went on to win the game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to hear it or not. I, I you know, Bazalack, I think more or less kind of admitted that the rain and the slick ball were a problem for him, and, and not necessarily that he can't throw a wet ball, but that he kind of, you know, he... he, he it was a problem, and then he tried to correct it, and then he kind of got, you know, he, he sort of admitted that, like, sometimes he just gets in these songs that he has to snap himself out of, and that was one. Now, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Listen, Indiana, there's a decent chance they're going to play a game in the rain again this year. You can't just,
0: you know, everybody using
2: the wet ball, rain can't be the only excuse, um, or it can't be an excuse only for one side, but um, I do think that was part of it, and, and I think the, just the general feel of it, I mean, like, listen, You know, they say great teams don't get complacent, but let's be very fair. Indiana's not a great team. Indiana can be a good team. Indiana can be a team that gets back, you know, some of the the success and the the ambition and all that that it had for a few years before last season. But Indiana's not Alabama. And this is an IU team that was, you know, naturally going to be a little deflated after the Illinois loss. This is an IU team that, or excuse me, the Illinois win. Forgive me. This is an IU team that, whatever anybody was saying about focus or whatever else, you know, they know they beat Idaho by forty-two last year in a year that they finished two and ten. So you were never going to be able to take Idaho fully seriously. Tom Allen was clearly worried about it. You know, he, midweek when we talked to him, he said he he said he lost his voice because he was kind of screaming at practice because he wanted the intensity to stay high which is sort of a tacit admission that it had gone down and that Indiana had struggled maybe a little bit to to overlook an Idaho team that's better undeniably this year than it was last year it's the same team that you know battled Washington State within a touchdown and then Washington State of course goes to Wisconsin and wins so you know it, it, I'm not making them out to be great but Idaho was clearly better than it was a year ago and I'm not sure Indiana was was ready for that but I do think Indiana deserves at least some credit uh, maybe not as much credit as they deserve criticism for, for what got them in the hole to begin with, but they go into halftime. There is a very clear sort of message from the staff. Tom Allen said he was, he was pretty hot at half. He told his coaches not to hold back either. And they come out of that. And again, you know, it's it, third quarter. They just take complete control. I think I don't have the drive summary in front of me, but it, it was something like three and out, zero yards for Idaho, touchdown drive, Indiana. Um, Two plays minus 25 yards, safety for Idaho, touchdown drive, Indiana. Three and out, Idaho, touchdown drive, Indiana. And, and you know, it just, just, once they turned it on, they just sort of expanded the gap. Now, again, there's a lot they still have to work on, and and there's a, 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 a real possibility that we're going to look back on Idaho and say, yeah, that was, again, kind of a, You know, some of Indiana's fatal flaws reared their head that day, and they they were able to get past them because it was Idaho, but not when it was Maryland or when it was Purdue or whatever. Um, But I, I do think that Indiana, at least on Saturday, if we're just talking specifically about that game, deserves some credit in a locker room that has talked a lot about accountability and leadership this season but has also seen a lot of turnover. You have new starters at quarterback, at running back, at wide receiver, at tight end. Um, you know, new starters. New, excuse me, new starters along the defensive line, linebacker, and some of those guys are, are familiar faces. But you know, that's when you lose guys like Michael McFadden, Michael Penix, et etc., that's a lot of leadership out the door. And to be able to kind of come together and, and figure out who who's going to kind of lead the revival in a moment like that is is valuable for a team that is maybe not young in years, but is certainly young in time together on the field in game settings. And so we'll see if, if we can look back in, like I said, in a month or two and, and say that Idaho really was a bit of a harbinger of some problems Indiana wasn't going to be able to fix. But I think for the moment, you can kind of chalk it up to Indiana just not having the, the necessary intensity and finding it when they needed it and moving forward into week three.
0: Zach, I know there... Are some other things to unpack from the Idaho game. But looking ahead to week three for the Hoosiers, they're going to take on a very solid Western Kentucky team. I believe the Hilltoppers had a bye uh, week this past weekend. Uh, that is going to be, I think, the next uh, challenge, and it's probably situated... Uh, nicely on the schedule after taking on FCS Idaho, after having some first half struggles against Idaho, uh, a step up rather than jumping back into the Big Ten or going straight to the Cincinnati game, a very competitive Western Kentucky up next for IU. The Hoosiers will have to play better out of the gate to beat Western Kentucky, wouldn't you think?
2: There's no question they will have to. Um, and this is, you know, Western Kentucky is, I think we just kind of. You can almost just kind of count on Western Kentucky to just sort of be, you know, what Western Kentucky is year in, year out. Last year, obviously, they had a a really dynamic offense, and most of the pieces of that offense are gone, either to the NFL or to other schools, including the offensive coordinator that put it all together, who I think is now at Texas Tech, if I'm not mistaken. But again, Western Kentucky is just sort of one of these these schools that just kind of reloads and, and has you know, I think has a a um, has a real sort of just culture of, you know, at that level just being difficult to, to deal with. And they've got a, a new quarterback in Austin Reed who transferred in from West Florida. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he um, essentially they just kind of did the same thing they did last year, which is they just went out and, and when they went and got a – um, when they lost their offensive coordinator, they went and got another sort of smaller school offensive coordinator who um, just brought a lot of pieces with him. I'm, I'm kind of trying to look this up while we talk. Um, but if you look at Reed, I mean, he's all, already this season 551 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, Western Kentucky, they they beat Austin P 38-27 20, in week one, or I guess I guess week zero. I don't know what to call it week zero, but whatever. And then they hung uh, forty nine on Hawaii in Hawaii uh, two weeks ago, and as you said, they had a bye last week, which is is tricky as well because you have time to get ready if you are, um, you know, if you are uh, Western Kentucky, you've got the extra week to rest. You started a week early, but now you've got a lot of time to digest Indiana film and really prepare to to come to Bloomington for a little bit. You know, in in some ways, maybe even more so, frankly, than, than what we said um, what we said last season when Indiana went to Western Kentucky, which is hey, there's there's not a lot for the Hilltoppers to lose here; they can play free. That's even more true on Saturday because if it, you know, there's 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 no such thing as an unacceptable loss for Western Kentucky on the road in a Big Ten stadium. Um, they can just absolutely show up and just kind of do whatever you know, play with whatever freedom they need and, and, you know, throw the ball around like you expect them to and, and really just try to pull the upset. And I think Indiana, you know, if if we're following any kind of trends, you know, Indiana, if Indiana did take Idaho lightly last weekend, maybe based in part on Idaho, their experience with Idaho a year ago, the flip side is Indiana will remember very keenly uh, how close they came to losing – a Western Kentucky game that was one of only two wins for them in 2021. So it is, it's, it's kind of a nice last non-conference tune up in in the sense that, you know, if you, I guess it's not the last one, but the last, you know, not, not sort of major one because Cincinnati is obviously sort of a different animal in a lot of respects, but um, it is, I think, kind of a nice game, as you said, like positioned on the schedule. It's going to force Indiana to sharpen up. The margin for error still is probably wider than it's going to be at any other point this season in, in terms of the games Indiana's got remaining after Western Kentucky. But it is very much the sort of game, and there's not really one left on Indiana's schedule that, that doesn't apply this way, but it's very it's very much the sort of game that is going to test Indiana's ambition. You know, I guess maybe outside Ohio State on the road, that's, that's maybe the only one that you look at and say Indiana can just absolutely punt that game. Every other one is going to, in some way or another, you know, test at least as, as much as we can, you know, know about Indiana right now. Test whether Indiana's ambitions of, of restoring itself in the bowl field are legitimate, and um, this is one of those games that Indiana just cannot afford to lose.
0: We're talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach is always with us Mondays here on the show. Zach, I I know his name has come up, but I have a real feeling Desan McCullough, just a freshman, is going to be a big-time player over his time at Indiana. He also says all the right things as well when you've interviewed him, when I've seen quotes in your stories Uh, from him but he was impressive again and I think when you think about the future of this program he might be one of the names that most comes up and you you most picture Uh, he's been really impressive here to start his college football career and I guess given his background with his father coaching him always being around the IU program over the years or the last couple years with his father there I guess it's no surprise that he comes in ready to go with a body that's ready to
2: go in the Big Ten yeah, and I think that you know the thing that will always sort of surround us on McCullough for IU fans is, is you know, with the portal and his dad no longer being in Bloomington and all that. Is it you know, is is he how long is is he for Bloomington? I, I I do just sort of say to people, and I said this on our podcast Sunday night, like just enjoy him while he's here. Like <laughs> I mean, it it this is number one. This is just all kind of part of college football now. Number two, if he's as good as you all think he is. The most you'd probably get him for anyway, three years. So just just enjoy the fact that this is a guy that I think you're right about all the things you said in terms of his, um, you know, his his maturity, his mind, um, his, his his feel for the game, and a lot of that you're right isn't surprising. His dad obviously is going to be a great resource for him in that regard. He, I think people also forget he has an older brother that played. Um, you know, he's the second, he's the second of the, the three Nutella brothers. And so he's got an older brother he can lean on for experiences in that regard. And I think too, he is just kind of, you know, he played safety at one point in his high school career. He played edge rusher when he was in South, I believe, edge rusher and kind of linebacker when he was in South. Now Indiana's kind of putting him all over the field. And that means he's getting, that means he's got a lot of perspective on defense. You know, he didn't develop in just one position. He's, he's essentially played three or four across even just the last, like, three, four seasons. And when you couple all that to the fact that he is an incredibly talented individual, um, I mean, he is all of 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he's got long arms. You see what he can do. I mean, athletically speaking, Indiana has not had a player like that in, in all the time I've covered them. That, that is it, that, that size and can be that disruptive because of his size. And his wingspan and all those things, but is also so quick. His reaction times are so good. Um, and, and then again, when you talk to his teammates, they'll tell you the same things you just, you just said to me, which is he's a lot more mature than, you know, kids his age. Um, he's a lot more, you know, you you can see the the football IQ there at a level. I mean, Indiana's basically playing him in like three different spots. And the reason they are is essentially just because, you know, their their attitude is like, we just got to find ways to get them on the field. You know, we've we've got a defense that's supposed to be built around versatility, built around having two, three different positions that are, you know, really flexible and really sort of adaptable. And, uh, I mean, we you know, if we've got this player that is really, really good, you know, we, we, we can't just sort of put ourselves in a place where, we either A, we're not playing him because he's behind some senior, or B, you know, some senior who can help us is sitting because we've decided that Tom McCullough can only play one position. So, they, you know, Indiana is basically playing him at two, three different spots. And I don't think that they're necessarily unloading the entire the entire playbook on, on him at every single one of those positions. In fact, I'm confident they're not. But in the same breath, you know, I mean, the, the, the idea that you can trust a freshman to learn three different positions in a college defense this early in his career is, is remarkable. It says a lot. And I think that tells you that again, as much as you want to be excited about his skills, you should also probably be excited about, about his brain and his, his, his football mind. And also just, I mean, his ability to process kind of everything, frankly. And so again, I, I, people will always ask, you know, you know, oh, is his dad gone, T gone, whatever. Well, what I tell people is his dad left in the winter and he's still here. If it was as simple as he's just going leave to leave and go wherever his dad goes, he'd be gone. Um, and instead, he's still in Bloomington. If anything, he was, by all accounts, one of the driving forces behind keeping that recruiting class together, despite the 2 and 10 season. And I'm not trying to make him out to be Javon Kurse, you know, or Julius Peppers or, or any of those players. But I think that if Indiana does have a, a real sort of turnaround season here, um, even just one that ends at like six and six, or seven and five, gets Indiana back to a bowl game, gets Indiana back to the competitive level that they had built for, you know, quite a period of years before 2021, I suspect the son McCullough is going to be very important in that regard.
0: Yeah, no question. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star. Zach, thank you. We'll talk with you again next Monday.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always.
0: We'll head to a commercial break, come back with Chad Gilbert. He's the athletic director of Charlestown. We got local sports on the docket with Chad. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. I want to go to the Thornton's text line for just a moment. Uh, texter says... IU didn't look like world beaters, sure, but they were down 10 nothing to a team that also had Washington State down 10 nothing. the same Washington State team that just beat Wisconsin, so don't go overboard, and I agree, and I appreciate the text, and I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it, read it on the show. I think Indiana fans just hopeful that they could put away Idaho and build momentum and cover the spread and move on to Western Kentucky and Cincinnati and So it's not the end of the world for IU football, but I think we'd be uh, telling ourselves a lie if we didn't have some real concerns with certain things in the game, especially in the first half. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, my guest. He's always with me Mondays. We talk local sports and Chad, I, I, I feel like a broken record because I say this each week as we cruise through the fall or cruise into the fall, it's hard to believe we're headed into week five of high school football, which means you've been back at the school year and fall sports uh, for some time now, but high school football headed to the midway point of the regular season already.
1: Matt, you know, just, just to talk about what you said about IU football, the the momentum that you get by winning that game that goes on from week to week, that just means the tailgate's going to be bigger. That means the crowd's going to have a little bit more excitement. They're going to continue to grow. That's, you know, that's what you're trying to build on. And I think that's what we try to build on with our athletic programs up here week to week. Uh, We have had excellent crowds at Charlestown, Matt. And like you said, we're in week five here. It's not always been this way. The year before I got here, uh, the year that we won the sectional at Charlestown, it, they said the crowds were huge. Now, that's it's hard to gauge those crowds between crowds that I've had now just because our stadium's bigger. But uh, the momentum that we have gained by winning the first two weeks made our crowd, that was homecoming this week, made it probably a top three crowd since I've been here in nine years. We hope to carry that momentum this week against Providence and then bring that back home against Corden, who has not had a great season so far and will not bring many fans, but maybe the Charlestown fans will come out and carry that momentum over and over again leading into the playoffs. Because like you said, Matt, as the seasons go, it once you get in it, it goes faster and faster each week. And that, there's nothing you can say more about that with golf sectional starting up this week. You turn around that one, you've got uh, cross-country Soccer's and volleyball right behind that. Then you're right into uh, football. So it's unbelievable how quick things go. And we're looking at a month. You know, you think about it, looking at a month away from starting the football sectional.
0: No question. Talking with Chad Gilbert. Uh, Chad, uh, we got to start with your Pirates. I want to cover some other topics, but uh, really a big win and a convincing win on Friday night against North Harrison. The Cougars were undefeated heading into the game, and if you're looking at the Charlestown schedule, uh, that's really the the lone game that was still there where you think – there could be a challenge here, and this could be a good game, but the a big win, not just a win, a big win by Coach Hawkins and his club, but uh, another statement-type victory this season.
1: Well, you know, the one thing that I will say about our teams, you know, we, we've had some teams that have won six or seven in a row rowing into the sectional. Well, we won those six and seven just because we were better than our opponents. That didn't particularly mean we were a good team, if that makes any sense, Matt. I believe this year that we have right now a good team. I think we've got some very good, talented players. I think that Coach Hawkins is calling games better than I've ever seen him call them. He's calling games to win, not to score points. Uh, he's uh, done an outstanding job this year coaching. I think the players have done an outstanding job buying in. And last, you know, like I said on our crowds, our our student body, our community has done an outstanding job of just selling out for these games. And not just for our football games. We've had great soccer uh, crowds. We've had great volleyball crowds. So it, it's been a great fall at Charlestown Athletics. We hope to build that momentum, continue to get better. It's something that if I'm Coach Hawkins the next four weeks, I've got someone at South Ridge every week. I've got someone at Heritage Hills every week. Uh, I'm getting those tapes every week and trying to think, you know, what kind of wrinkles can we put in? In order to get to that sectional, you know, and that doesn't mean that the, the teams that we're playing, we we're, we're going to walk over. I mean, Salem beat us the last uh, two years ago. Scottsburg beat us two years ago. Corden beat us two years ago. Um, Providence, we always have problems with Providence. But I think you got to keep your kids fresh, and I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's not a talk, it's not a downgrade on the opponents we play. It's we got to keep our kids fresh. We got to keep them. Interjected, keep them in, in, involved with it. Throw some different wrinkles in, so that way, when the opportunity does prevent itself or present itself to have a, to win a sectional, that our kids are ready. And I think Coach Hawkins and his staff are doing a good job with that. And I think that they, they will have some wrinkles and be ready come postseason time.
0: You know, Chad, we we want to talk all local sports. <laughs> Obviously, your passion is Charlestown. That's where your your job is every day, but. You know, high school football, and this has come up before, with all respect to the programs here locally, I love high school football season. There's nothing better than broadcasting, getting out, going to a game on Friday nights. We've got great coaches, good people involved in high school football, but we just don't always get the excitement and the storylines and the state championship-type performances that we've had now in so many other sports right here in Clark and Floyd counties. And so when you see a new Albany break through last season and make a run uh, to the semi state, or you see Charlestown undefeated with a chance to run the table and do some damage in the postseason, you you don't want to talk about them over and over again, but it's nice to see something really positive in a team that could really. Become something and do something this season from our immediate area because in football, we just don't have a historical uh, record of having those types of victories and teams, and, and at times, individual players as well.
1: Well, you're exactly right, Matt. And that's what, if you look at our area right now, and it's not our, it's the Hoosier Hills Conference and Mid Southern Conference. Just look at the Sagarin ratings, you know, and, and it'll show you where things are. But it, it, it's not like that's a, a nuance you know we have teams every year that have a chance like new albany last year i think charleston has a chance this year um to do to do a little bit of a da- do a little bit of damage but it's uh it, it has been uncommon with the success that we've had with our baseball teams our softball teams our foot our basketball teams here in clark and harrison county that football just not has not turned that corner yet and it's um it, it, football is a different beast. It is a numbers game, but it's something that can be done. You look, you know, you look in Evansville. You look at uh, the Gibson Southern's, the Heritage Hills. You look in, in that area. They've figured out that recipe, and we're and we're trying to figure that out. There's no doubt in my mind that Clark County has a lot of good people involved. Floyd County has a lot of good people involved. They got a lot of people that are motivated. They got a lot of kids that want to win football games. I think it's just a matter of putting that all together, getting on the same page, and being able to get it done on the field. It's And that stuff, it, winning is not easy, Matt. We've talked about that on many, many, many shows. If, if it was easy to be a champion, everyone would be a champion. It is not easy. But I th- feel like that we've got the right people in places in our coaching staffs here in southern Indiana. I feel like we've got uh, kids who are... Devoted all in, and parents are devoted all in. I think it, at some point here in the near future, we will break that seal and make a run at the state championship here in our in southern Indiana.
0: All right, Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad's the athletic director at Charlestown High School, getting ready to close out today, Chad. But. I know as an AD, you've got to give attention to all sports, and you do a great job of that at Charlestown. I was just in your gym yesterday with one of my Hoosier Hills Hoops events, and it's uh, it's very well organized, very clean, great setup, uh, the best in the area. However, you and I are basketball guys. And with each week that passes, as we get into more fall-like weather, uh, you can hear my my sniffles today, a little little sick. Uh, basketball season and the winter months are getting here, and when you've got IU basketball and all the things that happen in this immediate area with college hoops and the rivalries with UK, U of L, IU fans, and of course high school basketball starting up, uh, it's exciting to think about, and it's going to be here before you know it.
1: Man, I saw a tweet yesterday. It said eight weeks until the first basketball game. Wow. So you think about that. That's it's unbelievable how quick it is. You know, with NFL just starting up uh, yesterday. College football is in full swing. High school football playoffs are right around the corner. You, you, you always said that October is a great time to be a sports fan. You factor into Major League Baseball. Just sit back and enjoy it.
0: Absolutely, Chad Gilbert, my guest. Thank you, Chad.
1: Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you, Ron. Thanks for everything you do for Cincinnati Sports.
0: Absolutely. That's going to wrap it up for this Monday program. Back with you Tuesday and every day this week at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.